one of the childhood games that I used to play a lot, um, what, you know, I think a lot of us play was tag or frozen tag. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You play tag. How many play hide and go seek? Remember those games? You play hide and go seek. And, and, um, and I, I, I'm pretty good at those games. And so, um, you know, I'm pretty fast and, and quick. But um, the one game that did not do so well was a game in the pool called Marco Polo. Because this guy right here has got to take out his hearing aids, and they always made sure I went first. You know, I guess they thought it was cute, and that they could make me be the person, you know, yelling out Marco Polo. If you don't know the game, I say Marco Polo, and you're supposed to say Marco Polo back. And if I can't hear you, you know, with my eyes closed, you know, I feel like I'm Helen Keller in the pool. And uh, so it's not going so well. But, you know, when you play those games, you know, you, you, you count it off, right? I count to 10. And when you count to 10, you say the phrase, here I come, ready or not. Y'all remember, okay? Here I come, ready or not. And this is the title of the message today. Ready or not, you know, how to deal with change in a rapidly changing world. As we look at 2022, we say, here we come, ready or not. You know, the, uh, a philosopher, 600 years before Jesus was born, he said this statement, that the only thing that is permanent in life is change. Change. And for sure, we are living in a rapidly changing world. Very few things were made to last anymore because we're in a constantly changing society. Science is constantly changing. Knowledge is constantly changing. Textbooks, they're out of date by the time they're printed, right? Technology, they're out of date. You know, they change so fast that they become dated before you know. You buy a new computer by next week, they've made a better computer. You buy a new car today, by next week they made a better car. It's changing so fast. Life is a series of change. And with change comes stress, right? Lots of stress. And too much change will cause fatigue. We're, you know, weariness, tiredness. If you bought a new home, you know what I'm talking about. Because by the end of that, by the end of the week, after you moved in and, and, and make all the changes to that new house, by the end of the week, you're worn out. You're worn out because of the change. Too much change will cause fatigue. On the other hand, change that happens too quick or too rapid causes fear and, and frustration. We, we begin to wonder, where we're going, or what's going on. I'm reminded of a, of a true story of a pastor who, who um, took a new job at a church, went to a large church in Texas. And he noticed when he walked in that the, on the pulpit, on the, on, the, on the platform, the piano, for whatever reason, was in the middle of the stage, and the pulpit was on the side. And he thought, you know, that's not, that's kind of weird. You know, that's not how I roll. 
You know, I like to put the piano on the side and put the pulpit in the middle. So that pastor, on his very first week, he thought that would be a simple change. He moved the piano to the side. He put the pulpit in the middle. He showed up on church that Sunday, and he thought he would have gotten fired because everybody was so upset about the big change that happened so quickly. The piano wasn't where it was supposed to be. The pulpit was moved. It was too much change. And, and the new pastor said, whoa, whoa, I am so sorry. I had no idea. I will put the piano back in the middle, and I'll put the pulpit over here on the side. And true story. And then he said every week, he moved the piano one inch over, and the pulpit one inch over. After a few months, he had that pulpit right back in the middle. He had that piano back over on the side. And everybody was fine with it. It's just too much change all at, all at once. Get people frustrated or confused or fear. And, and, and so we're talking about change and how to deal with change in a rapidly changing world. And our key scripture today it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's teaching the Corinthians. He's telling them not to get, not to get discouraged. He said, you know, things are going to happen all around you. Changes are going to happen. So don't get fearful. Don't get frustrated. Don't get dressed out. You know, don't be discouraged. Why don't you look at the verse here, verses with me in chapter 4, verse 16. The Apostle Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. In other words, we're changing. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And look at verse number 18. Verse 18 says, we fix our eyes. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And the Apostle Paul said that everything we have in life falls into two categories. He said no things that are permanent and no things which are temporary. He's saying those things that are visible, the material things that we see, and those things that are invisible, those values in life that really last. He said those things that are going to pass away, those things that are going to be around forever. He said those things that are changeless, and there are things that are going to be constantly changing. Some things are going to last, and some things are not. And so how do we cope how do we cope? How do we deal with change? How do we react? I got three ideas here how we normally react to change. Number one, sometimes we resist. We resist the change. We fight it automatically. We put on the boxing gloves. We want to fight the change. It was interesting to me uh, every now and then when Facebook would change the way they the interface, the, the way they do things, you know, the social media, how many people will put it out there? Oh, I hate the change. You know, we hate it. 
And then we like it until they do another change. Oh, I, I like it the way it used to be. You know, we, we, we constantly are resisting. We say that we're against the change. And because we're against it, it makes us insecure. An insecure person will make the statement, hey, we've never done this before. We've never done it this way before. We sometimes resist change. And the fact is, change is going to happen, whether you like it or not. And if you're not sure about that, all you need to do is just pull out your graduation picture. And just take a look at how much change has happened since you've taken that picture. Or if you have a child, and if you think, hey, the same outfit from last year is still going to fit this year, I got news for you. There's a good chance they've outgrown that outfit last year. It's time for a new outfit. And so change is going to happen. You can resist it all you want. It's going to happen. We sometimes resent. We resent the change. We gripe and we complain about it. We grumble, we moan, we become very critical. We don't do anything about it, though. I mean, we just kind of go along with the flow, but man, we're just, we're just angry. All right? And so we're like that sometimes. Number three, sometimes we retreat from it. We retreat. We like to think back to the good old days. You know, we, we, we like to reminisce about how it used to be. How it used to be, reminiscing. And we retreat, we like to glorify, we tend to glorify the past. Glorifying the past. And here's the key. And we see this in the Apostle Paul's message in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But the key to dealing with change, if you're taking note, is you need to refocus. You and I have to refocus on the things that don't ever change. To fix our eyes. To fix our eyes. The refocus on the things that last. You know, uh, Karen, my wife, she, every year she does a one word. You know, and that's kind of a one word focus for the year. Last year her word was called. You know, and uh, she really worked on that word. And, and, um, and, and this year her word is the word focus. She wants to fix her eyes. She wants to be intentional. And that's the message for all of us here today. As we look ahead in 2022, that no matter what happens, like we sang in that song, through it all, through it all, I fit my eyes. I turn my eyes on you. I turn my eyes. And so, if you want to be solid, when the winds of change are blowing all over the place and everything being uprooted, you know, when, when it, the Bible says to fix your attention, focus your attention, your eyes, on the same thing, on the things that are seen, that are not seen, on the values that are going to last. It's to base your life on the things that are going to last forever. Now, what is going to last forever? What is the only permanent thing we have in life? We find it in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8. But the Bible said that Jesus is the same yesterday today, and forever. You see, while everything else is changing around us, Jesus remains changeless. All that Jesus Christ was yesterday that we read about in the Bible, 
here today. And all that he is today, see my friend, he will be tomorrow. See, God, God is not limited by time. Jesus Christ, he's already in your future. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's the beginning and the end. When you get in the future, he's going to already be there. That's comforting because I know that whatever changes I go through, I know that he's going to be there ahead of me. I know that by December 31st, 2022, the end of this year, Jesus already knows. He's already there. He's already ahead of us. And I just need to follow after him. Psalm 23, I don't have the first on the screen or on your handout, but you know this. Psalm 23, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. See, he's the shepherd. He is the great shepherd who's leading us along. He knows where he's going. You see, in the world of sheep and shepherds, the sheep never question the shepherd. They just follow the shepherd. They trust the shepherd. And, and as sheep, that's what God is calling us to be. Is to be, to, to trust the shepherd, the good shepherd. Unfortunately, though, instead of being sheep, Sometimes we act like billy goats. Uh, now, billy goat, they have their own path. They want to make their own way. They like to say, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, but, but I am in want. I have this need. I want this. I want that. But, and we headbutt. We tend to headbutt the shepherd. We think we know more than what the shepherd knows. We think we know better than he does. And that's how we live at Christians sometimes. We want a headbutt. We want people to go. And if there's anything you don't forget today, if there's one thing you can remember, and that is this, don't be a billy goat. Don't be a billy goat. Be a sheep. And trust the shepherd. He knows where he's going. And make him the foundation of your life. And when you do, when you make him the foundation, when you follow after him in the face of change, he will give you stability. He will become an anchor for the soul, a foundation that you can live on. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to look at three facts, three things that wouldn't have Fits our eyes. As we're talking about Jesus and who he is, there's three important things. As we look at 2022, as we say, ready or not, here I come. I'm going to fix my eyes on three things that never change. So take a note. Number one, here's the first fact. The first fact is that God's love, God's love for you will never change. You can build your life on that fact that no matter what happens, no matter what you do, no matter how you feel today, 
God's love for you will never change. And you might be saying, so God, you're saying that no matter, even if I do the wrong thing, that God's love will still be there for me? That's exactly right. God's love for you. It's not based on what you and I deserve. His love is based on his grace. He loves you not because you keep up with his standards. He loves you because he's chosen to love you. He chose to love you. And that, and that, my friend, is grace. God, he loves you just as much on your bad days as he does on your good days. He loves you just as much when you don't feel it as much as you do feel it. The thing that you can build your life on is that God's love will never, ever change. Bible said in Jeremiah 31 verse 3, he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Romans chapter 8 verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? He says, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Maybe you this morning, maybe this morning you feel isolated. Maybe this morning you feel alone. Maybe you feel like the changes in your life are just coming way too quickly, way too fast. You feel overwhelmed. I hope that you remember that God, he loves you. He always has, and he always will. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The love of God cannot be taken away from you. That's his love for you. I will care for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It will never change. We're going to fix your eyes this year on the love of God. On the love of God. Number two. Here's the second thing that we need to fix your eyes, that we need to focus. That God's word will never change. God's word will never change. Psalm 119, verse 89, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. If you want your life to be solid again in a time of change, if you want it to be solid, you need to build it on something that's never going to waver. 
to build it on the word of God. It's amazing to me where people go and look for strength and for self-help. When they're going through a time of crisis, they go to the local bookstore, they'll find the number one, you know, top-selling book that would deal with the topic. They'll read that book, and then six months later, that book has been outdated, and it's now on a youth bargain table at the local youth bookstores. You know, we're always looking for it on, on TV shows. We're always looking for the best self-help guidance. And it sounds good for the moment, but long term, it doesn't last. God's word is permanent. It's good the test of time. God's word has managed to stay in spite of all the cultural changes that this world had to throw at it. It is still good the test of time. Thousands of years, the word of God is still relevant. Dictators, they've been attacked by dictators. They've been ridiculed by critics. They've been burned, been outlawed. But it outlasts every generation. It's permanent. It stands the test of time. I love Matthew chapter 7. Again, it's not on your handout or the screen, but you know this passage of scripture. In fact, Matthew chapter 7 is the third, it's the final chapter of the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus preaching in chapter 5, 6, and 7, his most famous sermon. And as he kind of closed the sermon, he kind of offered his invitation. This is his invitational message. He said, everything I've told you, I hope you've been listening. That's what he's telling everybody. He said, I hope you've been listening. Honey, you liking a person that listened to his word and practiced it to a wise man. In fact, he said this. He said, whoever, put, whoever hears these words of mine, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and said, you put them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on a foundation, on a rock. Rain had come, the, 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 the creek rise up, the wind blows and beats against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice. He said that it's like a foolish man who built his house not on a foundation, but on sand. The rain comes down, the, the creek rises up, the wind blows and beats against the house. The Bible says that that house falls with a great crash. Imperative that you and I will build our house on the word of God. Not, we don't just read it and hear it, but we do what it says. Voltaire, he's a famous French philosopher in the 1700s. He was an atheist. Hated God. He made a statement in his house. He made a statement that 100 years from today, the Bible would be an obsolete book. And he said that back in the 1700s in his house. And when he said it, everybody was shocked by his statement. Today, that same house is now a warehouse for the British Bible Society in France. 
Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my woes, uh-uh, it'll last. It won't pass away. Build your life on something that's going to last. Build it on the principles that good the test of time. God's word. Number three, the focus on God's ultimate purpose. Why? Because God's ultimate purpose will never change. From beginning to end, God had a plan, a master's plan for this world, for mankind, and for you. He's had a plan all along. He's given us our choices. He's given us a free will. But his plan is still bigger than our free will. There is not a choice that you make. There is not a free will decision that you make that throws God's plans off. God's plan and his purpose will come through. It will go through. You know, I just finished reading the New Testament. You know, you know that would make sense because uh, a couple of days ago, you know, I finished. And I read the last two chapters of the book of Revelation. And, and, and that's where it's headed, my friend. That's where it's headed. God has a plan of ultimate restoration of a broken world. Yes, we live in a brokenness right now. Yes, it's chaos. But man, the last two chapters of the Revelation, man, that excites me, that encouraged me, because I know that at the end of the day, God wins. It may not look like God's winning right now, but God wins. And he prevails. And his purpose comes through. His purpose comes through. The Bible says, in Psalm 112, verse 6, he says, He shall not be moved forever. God's plan is solid. He said, The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He won't forget you. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fit, trusting in the Lord. He knows that God's plan is intact. And we can have confidence when we put our trust in that kind of a God. God has a plan for all of us. He has a plan for you. There's no one here that's been made by accident. There's no one here that God said, man, that was a mistake. Every one of us. The Bible says that we were a masterpiece. In Ephesians chapter, in Ephesians uh, uh, yeah, Ephesians chapter, help me out. Larry, help me out. For we are his workmanship. Ephesians chapter. Okay, there we go. All right, there we go. Whatever Larry says, I follow. All right. You know, for we are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus. And I love that word masterpiece. Because that's who you are. In other words, you are one of a kind. You're a Picasso, a Monet. You're valuable. You are valuable to God. You know why you're valuable? Because you were bought with a price, with the blood of Jesus. And every one of you have a God-given purpose. 
You see, my friend, when you, when you don't live out who God made you to be, when you don't live out that purpose that God has created you for, then there becomes a gap in God's creative order. Because he made you for such a time as this. In this time, for a specific purpose, for a specific reason, you are part of God's plan. You are a masterpiece. And I pray that this morning, as you look at 2022, you say, God, here I am, ready or not. Oh, God, ready. God, I trust you. Use me this year to make a difference for others. You see, what changes, what changes going on right now that got you all uptight? Maybe you're looking for a new job. Maybe you're starting a new job. Maybe you got a promotion and, and all the pressure that comes with it. Maybe you got some financial pressure. Uh, may, maybe there's a decision to make about moving. Should I move? Should I stay? Maybe you got some health issues, relational issues. Here's the deal. You can't control your future, but you can put your trust in the things that are certain. You can put your trust in God. See, none of us know what's going to happen seven days from now. Seven days from now, we have no idea. For some of you, you might be going through some of the most major change in your life in seven days. Some of you might just be, might be just a regular laid-back week. But regardless, none of us knows what's going to happen seven days from now. But one thing is for sure is that we know that in seven days that God will love me just as, just as much as it loved me in the past. That God's word is going to be just as true as it always has been. And God's purpose and plan will never change. When Karen and I live in Pensacola, there was a spot on the beach of the very, you know, it was a spot on the beach marked by a cross in the sand dune, and it marked the very first religious church service in Florida, some will argue, and the United States. There was an argument between Jacksonville, Florida, and Pensacola, Florida, on who was actually the very first settlement. And if you're from Pensacola, you said Pensacola. And if you're from Jacksonville, you said Jacksonville, and no one, no one wins. But, you know, um, but so the argument is this location. It's one of the first locations for a religious church service. And it's marked by the cross. And you drive down the beach and you see it. Beautiful little white cross on the side of a sand dune. And it makes a great Kodak moment, you know, to stop and take a picture, and it's really cool. And in 2006, Hurricane Ivan came through, and Hurricane Ivan was a Category 3, you know, um, high Category 3 storm. It's a pretty devastating storm. In fact, we were staying in the shelter, and the shelter was falling apart. I mean, I was, you know, not, be, not very safe in that shelter. And uh, I remember walking out in the parking lot, just to kind of feel the, the force of that wind. And about that time, it was about a 100 mile per hour wind, and I kind of stepped out there, 
And then I looked out in the parking lot, and there was a big parking lot. And I saw from one end of the parking lot a turtle skipping along about 25, 30 miles per hour. Fastest turtle I've ever seen. <laughs> I could have beat that rabbit, you know, for sure. I mean, it's a crazy storm, and it blew through the night. We woke up the next morning, and we hear more about the devastation and things that got blown over. Interstate, the bridge across the bay, Interstate 10, got wiped out. The bridge going over to Pensacola Beach wiped out. You know, homes and businesses just devastated. Homes were leveled on the beach from the waves and the, and the storm surge. And somehow, a reporter from the Pensacola News Journal got to the beach and started taking pictures and surveying the damage. And he thought, no, I'm going to go check out where that cross is and see if that cross still, if that cross is gone. Drove past that sand dune and that cross was still there. And took a picture that made it on the news newspapers, and it became a rallying cry for Pensacolians, knowing that no matter what, God is still on the throne. See, my friend, 2022, no matter how hard the wind blows, don't stress out, don't resist, don't resent, don't retreat. I tell you, refocus. Fix your eyes on the one thing that never changed. That person, Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So 2022, ready or not, here we come. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus, the son Jesus, is still the same and loves us just the same as he did before we even were born. You loved us, and you always love us. Your love is so great and never fails, and it's everlasting. In your word, oh God, we can always depend on it. I pray we live according to your word. And God, I pray that we live out your purpose. God, you have a purpose for mankind, and it's going to win. And at the same time, God, you have a purpose for each and every one of us here. And God, I pray that in 2022, we live out the masterpiece that you created us for, to live it out for your glory. God, no matter what happens, no matter what hits us, good or bad, we will follow you and fix our eyes and focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen.